Stay fly. Stay fly. Come in here one more time. I'm gonna whoop your ass. Come, come in here crazy. <laughs> we all gonna get you. So when you look at these uh, other African traditional systems, they have more likenesses than differences. And, and that's not to knock what anybody else is doing, whether you be Christian, 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 Muslim, Buddhist, or whatever. Because you know, I, I know some straight killings that I'm thankful they found white Jesus because it'd be some more dead brothers in the street if this if this dude hadn't found a church. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> Hey, this is Larry Thomas here on the Vol School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Peace, beloved. Peace and prosperity. It's the power broker, Seiko Vaughner at Seiko Vaughner with another episode of the Fly Guy Show on Code. Get on Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on improving our collective situation. Today's topic is kind of interesting. I grew up in a predominant, well, I grew up in a Christian household. My father was a minister. My mother was the um, uh, education, Christian education, a director of Christian education, both with the United Church of Christ. But interestingly enough, they kept us around things that were of African culture. They used to actually have an African cultural camp, and they did that every year. And my parents both um, traveled in the mother continent. My father lived there for a number of years and had a great love for uh, Africa and everything that was part of the African diaspora. And I kind of grew up with that information. African traditional religions is something I've always been around because being part of the African cultural or the conscious community growing up in New York City, in Columbus, Ohio, and in here in Hampton Roads, that was you know, just a normal part of our experience. So I've always been around the African traditional religions, primarily Asara set and the Yoruba culture. And now I'm wondering if there are things that are part of those ATRs, those African traditional religions that can help us with our experience here in the United States and in the world, you know, because we're global people. So are, is there something... Can Africa save us? That's the question. Can Africa save us? And so today I'm going to bring on a good brother, a good guide, a good friend. I've known him in hip hop. I've known him in other Alafia, Peace Portia. I've known him in other realms in the conscious community. And uh, now I get a chance to learn from him with his teachings in OIDSI. And he'll talk a little bit more about that. So I want to bring in the good Baba Ifaleye. I hope I said that correctly. I'm, I'm kind of my my Yoruba tongue kind of gets tied up a little bit. Uh, Baba Ifaleye. So good brother. Um, can African traditions help us? Can Africa save us? Let us know a little bit about your background. How you got involved in ATR? Were you born into it, or did you you know gravitate towards it? And then let us know about the uh, the other priests you brought on with you. Okay, uh, uh, Lafayette, everyone. Um, my name is Baba Ifaleye, uh, Shango Sheyun, priest of Ifa, priest of Shango. Uh, 
I'm a priest in an organization called OIDSI, the Obafemi Institute for the Divine Study of Ifa. Uh, we are centrally based uh, in the America in America, out of Houston, Texas. So, uh, can uh, ATRs uh, save uh, save us? Uh, that's a it's a trick question to me. It's a yes and a no because some of the dogma of uh, of the ATRs, people not wanting to expand and grow, is part of the reason why we're in this the situation we in now, and part of the reason why the enslavement of the African in the Americas has happened, based upon uh, you know because this 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 person is the chief or the king, they can make decision what goes what goes on for everybody. Uh, based upon either ego or emotional, whatever. So that's, you know, so it's a yes and a no situation. Yes, because uh, one of the things uh, that caused me to get involved in uh, IFA is, besides the fact I wanted to know what we were doing before we were force-fed white Jesus, was growing up, I read books like uh, Be Hail the Pale White Horse, trilateral commission all that conspiracy illuminati stuff and you start reading this stuff you begin to believe yo you cannot win because you're not going to out kill them you ain't going to out rob them you ain't going to out rape them so i wanted something that this system that they have working in place that i could maneuver through this system and this system not affect me the same way it affects everybody else and so then I come across Ifa and it just resonated with me. And so a lot of what is done in Ifa that some people quote unquote will call magic uh, is more like uh, it's, it's not magic, but magical. Uh, it's the ability to maneuver and, and manipulate energies. Because once you begin to come to the understanding that you are a piece of the energy that we have labeled as God, Oludumare, Yahweh, Allah, whatever you choose to call it, if you are that in physical form, you have uh, a commute, not dominion, but a communion with everything that is alive on this planet. So if you know the right things to say, the right things to do, the right herbs to put together, you can maneuver and manipulate energy, even with your voice. Because if you look at every, most religious texts, when the creator created something, it was done through this voice. And everybody's voice is a key that unlocks certain things. So I started, you know, delving more into Ifa uh, based upon needing to maneuver in this system. Uh, and a lot of times people come into Ifa when they have a problem. So if we can incorporate some of these things uh to maneuver and manipulate energy, it can help a lot of people out as far as you're trying to get that bank loan. There's prayers and different things that you can do to shift and move things. Even down to you, brother, when you were running for that 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 uh, 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 education school board, when you were running for a school board, we could have done a little something to help, you know, put a little energy behind you to help things push through, to remove blockages and things of that nature. 2022 is coming. Okay, we're going to talk. 2022 is coming. <laughs> we, as we say, we have the spiritual technology to do a lot of things. But on another note, uh, this, these, these systems can help us with understanding your purpose in life, understanding who you are, 
And a lot of times to be able to embrace completely who you are is there may be some emotional baggage that goes away that needs to get out of the way so you can know who you're who, who you truly are. Last week's conversation about, you know, abuse uh, in relationships and how it shows up in, in ATRs. Uh, sometimes people allow themselves to be abused because they don't understand who they are and know their worth. And Ifa has a way of pulling up those emotional things that we have tucked away in the corner and, and don't want to deal with any of that abuse or whatever, but it's actually blocking you because it's causing you to think a particular way to be able to say, yo, um, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be abused because that's my learned behavior or my defense mechanism against everything is anger to go to that emotional state. And you have a lot of brothers that are walking around here right now. That's really a little boy inside of them. That's mad because maybe his father wasn't there or, or, or a little girl that's mad because she didn't get enough hugs from her father. These people walking around with all this emotional baggage that's really blocking them being able to embrace uh, their true selves, which is the, the the God the God in physical form. And what does God do? What does what does Mother Nature do? Creates and expands and grows. So to say, can Africa save us? Some of the traditional things of Africa can save us as far as family, community, and things of that nature. But then some of the dogma that uh, comes out of comes out of Africa that just folded into the church a lot of times, where you can't say this, you can't do that, or it has to be done this way, or if you don't say this prayer in this language, or if you don't use this particular herb or whatever, that dogma can get us in just as much trouble as any 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 other religion or whatever so all right um, all right so let me ask you brother who did you bring with you on the platform today oh we uh brought the brother awo ifa dola jegbe he is uh what we would call an oma omo awo someone who was recently recently initiated as a priest of ifa but this brother here is a whole lot of other things and in different systems uh, I'll let him explain it. <laughs> Alafi, right, I'm cool, cool. Introduce yourself, good brother. Alafi, I am Ifado Lejekbe. I will Ifado Lejekbe. Efunyemi, Omi Bimi, Ebe Bunini, Ifabimi Fiyemi, Akambi. I practice the Yoruba tradition amongst the Congo traditions and some indigenous practices that we have in the United States. Um, Pretty much, uh, just as Baba said, I'm fresh from Igbodu, the room, uh, which means initiation. Um, recently coming back from initiation. So this is a um, very outing experience. And the same question that you proposed on the show was something that I have actually pondered in, in the recent days. So um, I think that's a very appropriate question for this time period that we're in. And um, I totally concur with Baba Ifaleya. I say, I say, if I can say so. So, the question that I posed was, you know, can Africa save us? And you know, Baba said, in some ways it can. In some ways, there's some dogma that has been passed down that, you know, there's some. In some ways, it can't. So, what are some of the things that ATRs, that African traditional religions, can save us from? You know, last week we were talking about domestic violence and abuse upon women. So 
is that something that we experience in ATRs? Uh, it, I, I won't say it's as prevalent, but uh, a lot of times when someone first comes to, and I can only speak on what I know from IFA, uh, when people first come into this system, like I said, they may be carrying old emotional baggage that says, I'm supposed to be abused. The process of their ancestors, the universe, whatever you choose to call these energies, uh, where they 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 have to pull that part of you out of you to get you to change the way that you think that part of you that will accept that type of foolishness. So you have people that will get their hand of Ifa that after three years, they're still going through the process of uh, that self-discovery, uh, knowing that, yo, the reason why you choose men that abandon you or, or, or a woman that will cheat on you, quote unquote, abandon you is because your mother abandoned you or your father abandoned you. So this has to be bled out of you somewhat, dragged out of you, because a lot of times we hold on to those stories. And it has to be taken out of you just so you can change the way that you think. So for some people, it could be a two, three year process. Some people get it immediately. So that person that comes into the system being abused, what's going to happen is you don't just if it took you 40 years to get to the point to say, I don't want to be abused anymore. You're still sending off that vibration to call an abuser to you. So it, it may take time. So I'm not saying that it's something that goes on uh, prevalently within uh, ATRs, but it will be there until people, un until they shed the old them. Because it's actually a rebirth that takes place once you, that should be taking place once you get initiated. Because uh, you're making a conscious decision to make a change, to expand and grow. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Would you say that, um, and I actually like to get a <clears throat> comment from the both of you. Would you say that people leave traditional Abrahamic religions because of uh, the problems they've had, like domestic violence, and then find their way to Ifa? And I guess before we answer that, what does it mean to have the hand of Ifa? You said that earlier. So for those who are uninitiated, what does that mean to have the hand of Ifa? You. I won't. You're going to answer. You, well, you want me to? Um, the hand of Ifa is usually an introductory ceremony that takes place for someone who wants to be involved within the religion. Uh, we term it the hand of Ifa is where they bring you into a particular ile. You're given a, a certain um, certain aspect or a certain perception of the destiny, the reason why you chose to uh, incarnate at this time it gives you things that you should stay away from things that you you know more likely to lean towards um sitting with ifa at this ceremony you know they give you information about your past your present your future um usually most people look at it as an introductory ceremony with some people it's what they need all they need at that period in time but really um the the hand of ifa is giving you information concerning your own destiny, the reason why you chose to come here to this plane, and the things that you need in order to take your development to the next stage in life. Could I relate that to the uh, the 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 hand of fellowship that happens in the church? 
Loosely, maybe, but um, this is a ceremony more uh, more than an initiation. Uh, with the hands of fellowship in the church, you can compare it in different ways. Usually, with an ELA, uh, a traditional Ephi ELA, the hand of uh, a ruler. Some people in different lineages call it the hand of a ruler. It acts. It does act as an introduction within that lineage or within that Rama that practices the tradition. So loosely, it can okay. be related to that. Yes. Okay, okay, so taking that information in and understanding what the hand of Ifa means now, do you find that a lot of people leave the the church, the synagogue, and the mosque and come to Ifa and other African traditions because the problems that they were facing were not being addressed in their previous religious experience? So that's a multifaceted question. So um, you do say that a lot, but um, you see a lot of people who leave the organized religion, as you said, Abrahamic traditions earlier for many reasons. Um, For my reason, it was due to my studies, my studies about the history of the Bible, the formation of the scriptures, the Council of Laodicea, the Council of Chalcedon, down a lot of questions that weren't answered for me in church so when you grow up in church especially the african-american experience in church you are brought up in a faith-based tradition it's not a tradition where you are taught to know it's a tradition where you are taught to believe now we're living in the age of information everything is being illuminated everything is being revealed so when you come to a place where you want results you want answers the 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 request for you to believe in something that you can can't see it really don't sit too well with you number one number two you have people who are within that tradition uh within a religion and they prefer a more cultural based experience so that was another facet for me i wanted to get involved with something that my ancestors did I wanted to get involved with in a tradition and in a religion where the divine looked like me. So a lot of questions that I had, even about the historical aspects of Christianity, were not being answered for me. And um, I feel that at a person's place and their development, at a person's incarnation, different things work for different people. At that time in my life, what I was experiencing in church, it did not work for me. So I had to go on uh, sabbatical and I had to do some soul searching. And within that experience, which wasn't only a spiritual experience for me, but a cultural and historical experience, it led me to the, I don't want to say religion of Ifa because for me it's, it's bigger than that, but the culture of Ifa and the Orisha tradition. So the answer to that question can, can be vast. It can be broad and it can be different for each person that you ask. But for me, it was many different things. All right, so Baba, what was your experience? And can you answer that question? Well, I was actually raised in a Muslim household. And, but my mother, it was never, I was, excuse me, I was allowed to explore different things and just to be open to whatever. And uh, so my, I've always been one to, this doesn't sit right with me if this doesn't res- resonate with me even in islam where i was just like something is is off and so it just it just didn't feed my soul but something happened once i started reading 
about Ifa and reading the different Odus and the stories, it was like poetry to me. And I was like, it's, it's something vibrated inside of me, almost like this is where I was supposed to be. And it just it just hit me because I never look I never look at Ifa as religion. I always look at it as a way of life, a spiritual system to help me navigate and guide through this life. Because in the mythology of of, of Ifa, Arumila is the witness to your destiny because uh, everyone goes before Oladumare or God and uh, chooses a destiny. But through the birth canal, we forget what that destiny is. So we have to, uh, when you receive your hand, if you fly, you receive an Odu or what some people, it, it, a pattern for lack of a better term for people. Um, so that it will tell you things to almost guide you on this path to getting to where you where you're supposed to be. And when we say destiny, it's not like you don't have free will. There may be some things within your life in this lifetime that are set in stone, that are immovable. And because they're immovable, every path, like, like if you're supposed to, we were reading this book, um, and in the book it speaks of someone who was supposed to be uh, a writer, and in, but they didn't, they never learned to read. So now you've uh, put up blockages or delayed your quote unquote destiny, but you still made the choice not to read. So uh, coming into this system, it just resonated with me. Uh, the first reading I got from my Luo, uh, my teacher, Obafemi, this man told me stuff about my life he should not have known. And I looked at him, I said, cause you know, you know the background I come from. I say, go, I looked at him, I said, yo man, you got all that information from that chain you just threw on the ground. He said, yeah. I said, you know what? I need that in my life. And if I had had Ifa in my life and the ability for divination and being able to find out what's coming and how energy can be shifted and moved when I was 21, oh my God, who knows where I'd be right now? You know, but you know, all the time. I, all I right, definitely made question. some different choices and decisions. Alright, quick question. Um, there are some things that are found in most ATRs. I know you're going to speak particularly about Ifa and through the lineage that you come through. Um, but ancestor veneration is one of the things that we find in traditional African culture. And, you know, those of us like myself who grew up in a Christian household and um, we learned to pour libation. You know, it was kind of interesting when I saw, you know, brothers on the corner pouring out one for the homies who passed away. I was like, man, that's libation. That's what I was taught when I was <laughs> when I was young, you know, before it hit the movies, before you saw it on the corners as heavily because I didn't see the corners as heavily. But so there are, there are a couple of things that are typical in most of the ATRs, one of which is ancestor veneration. Can you talk about that very quickly? What is that? I will. Um, so I can't get any audio from Brother Sacred. I can't hear I can hear you, but I can't hear Brother Sacred. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, I guess while uh, Brother Seiko is working on that, um, ancestor veneration um, is is a necessity. Um, one of the first things we learn, if you can go back to your science, they tell you that we're made of energy and matter. And these are the two things that can never be destroyed or created. So then they tell, they teach us that we are made of energy and matter. So when we pass away, if we're made of energy and matter that can't be destroyed or created, can only be changed in form 
what happens to that energy and matter. And so that's one, uh, a semi-scientific way of looking at it, but our ancestors knew this already. So just because you can't see your great, 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 great grandmother standing beside you, trying to guide you in a particular direction, uh, doesn't mean that she's not there. So you should pay homage to that at all times. And it's not just African culture that does that. Anytime you walk into a little Chinese spot on the corner or whatever, they always got the little fruit and bowls sitting there, um, sitting there honoring their ancestors. So it is the European who steps in the picture because of knowing that it is through our ancestors that we will find power, that uh, we will find strength and, and, and a confident, a particular type of confidence. Once you commune with those energies, uh, they had to take that away from us. Um, so it is through the European interjecting Christianity or whatever to take that away from us, even down to the Bible saying you shouldn't deal with familiar spirits. What's the first part of familiar's family? Come on, man. So they had to take they had to take that away from us because they knew it is through those energies and powers that we would grow grow strength. And especially if you can have somebody quote unquote on the other side that can say, Tomorrow this is going to happen to you. So don't go to that place. Somebody that can wow. that energy that can you, you see what I'm saying that can guide you and protect you. So a lot of times um, a lot of times we will uh, have a thought in our head and we're talking and we think we're talking to ourselves. And in actuality, we're not talking to ourselves. It's our ancestors putting thoughts in our heads, telling us to do particular things, move in particular directions. Or that when you're getting ready to curse somebody out at your job and somebody, you just hear a voice clear as day saying, don't do that. So you have to pay homage to these energies. <laughs> Imagine you've passed on and you're right there, but your children can't see you and they never call your name again. But you're right there and you can help them. All they have to do, because everything is an exchange of energy. They, as they give, as as we give energy to them, they give energy back to us, and we increase their strength. So if you know, um, I come from a family that has done some things like my father was uh, my uncle, my father, they were all number runners. So it's been times I sit at my altar and say, look, y'all need to please send me some numbers in my sleep and I'll have a dream about some numbers. And, and <laughs> ironically, sometimes I'll play the numbers for a certain amount of days and in the day I don't play the number, the number hits, but they still gave me the numbers. So, you know, if you have an ancestor that was a business person, and you're trying to come up with this business plan, call on that energy of that ancestor to help you get through that situation. You know, that's that's very intriguing. That experience with the ancestral realm is something that's still I, I'm I'm still learning and trying to get a grasp on. I, I know when I was young, I used to tell my father that I feel like people that I didn't know were leaving messages in my dreams. And, uh, you know, then when somebody that I knew passed on, I had an experience where I felt like that person was talking to me. And I shared with my father. And as I shared earlier, my father is a uh, minister in UCC. And he said, yeah, that's something that you find in traditional religions. Um, as Christians, we believe that's the devil sending um, demons to talk to you. And uh, I always thought that interesting that that was his response. 
interestingly enough, I was in service actually in Bible study two weeks ago when we dealt with the passage in the Bible where Yeshua or Jesus was with two of his disciples on one of the mountains and he was visited by Elijah and Moses or Musa. Um, so he was visited by his ancestry <laughs> in the in the Holy Bible and Canada Bible, and two of his disciples uh, saw Yeshua or Jesus talking and conversing with two ancestry. So not only did Yeshua have a visitation, his disciples had a visitation at the same time, and it was really intriguing. So when I brought up the word ancestor and visiting in the class. You know, everyone was kind of shaken, and it's 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 kind of interesting. So, ancestor veneration is a part of ATRs. Dance is a part of ATRs. You, I, I see with Ifa and Santeria and some of the other ATRs. There's a lot of dancing, and I know that in the Christian church, dancing was, was frowned upon for a long time period. It, what's dancing like in the tradition and your lineage in Ifa. Yes, dancing, singing, drumming, uh, all these things because they create vibrations. Uh, when the body is moving, it creates an energy field. When the drum is hit, it sends a vibration through the universe. All these are different ways to to unlock uh, the and manipulate these energies. Uh, as the sister, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the priest uh, Oshun Pomile just put up. It is a ritual science. It is prayer in motion. That is what dancing is. So some of the things that we do now, uh, even down to what they call twerking, uh, I can look back at because my family <laughs> has business in Ghana. So, uh, you know, I go back and forth to Ghana a lot. And so I see when my mother passed away, the funeral dance, the way the sisters were dancing, some people would have said, oh, if she just drop a little bit lower, she'd be twerking. But it's all in the movement to create a, a, a vibration, to move an energy field. And as I said previously about the voice being a key to unlock things and create things. So you can call on energies just through your voice because as I said, you have as as God in physical form, you have not dominion, but a, uh, a communion with these energies and forces. So if you want to call on the energy of Shango, which is uh, represented by lightning, uh, you, all you have to do is call, sing a song, sing a song, you know, so it's all the and all these are things that when we were force fed uh, white Jesus, we had it had to be taken away from us because in these things, there are power. There is power for us. So, you know, but even in the church, it's a lot of singing. It's a traditional church. It's a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot in a, in a particular way. You know, to call on energies to raise up that spirit, to raise up that energy within that church. So it's something that's inherent in us. And this is how we connect to the universe through those vibrations, whether it be through the dance where you would stomp, stomp the ground in a particular way or the, dr the drum pattern is a particular way or singing a particular song in a particular key that opens up a portal. And so these are things that we use that had to be taken away from us.
Interesting, interesting. So I know that Awu is involved with a couple of other um, traditional practices. What are some of the other things that you can find in many of those other ATRs? And you can ask uh, Brother Awu for me. So the sound is back. I heard that question. So um, the number of African traditional practices are vast. Um, the traditional practices that I am involved in is uh, this. A lot of people call it hoodoo, even though the ancestors did not call it that. Is a is a another culture that stems from the transatlantic slave trade. It was what some people deem as the African American folk Christianity system, where they integrated different things from their experiences on the continent of in the, on the continent of Africa into Christianity. So you find what they call um, African retentions, different practices and different traditions and superstitions, superstitions that were passed down from person to person throughout the years in, um, in Christianity. So I kind of grew up around that in the Kojic Church of God and Christ system, the Pentecostal holiness system. And I've also been scratched into the Congo system, Palo Kimbisa, which stems from the Congo Central Africa area, which stretches all the way down to South Africa as far as Zulu territory. So when you look at these uh, other African traditional systems, they have more likenesses than differences. But um, they're all based on ancestral veneration and connecting with the forces of nature in order to make your situation better. Intriguing, intriguing, intriguing. So there are a lot of similarities. Are there similarities with Islam and traditional African practices? Well, I would definitely say that there is. Um, when you talk to many people, they will tell you African traditionalism, whether it's voodoo, whether it's Ifa, Orisha tradition, or whatever it has uh, multi, multi dots or mono uh, polytheistic, but it's not. Just like the Abrahamic traditions, African traditional cultures and ways of life believe in one God. Now, you may have different aspects of God in which you petition in order to get a desired result uh, to bring about an effect or improve your life or to do self-work, but we only believe in one God. So that's the common denominator you will see across all of these traditions, as well as the Abrahamic traditions, in which, which we are more familiar with in the United States. All right, what about you, uh, Baba? Would you agree that there's a lot of connections with... Um Islam and uh, ATR. So uh, I, I I can't really see it as far as you know uh, nation of Islam or things of that nature. But I know in Islam there is a, a divination system or a way uh, where they would divine and stand in a particular way. Um, I, I learned that through passing. I don't, I don't know how it's done or whatever, but that is really the only similarity that I could see and that I know of in Islam. And I'm not the one to really speak a lot on Islam, even though I was raised in a Muslim household. But, you know, as I said, I was allowed to do a lot of different things. But I can look back at the things that we did as far as Ramadan, uh, as far as prayer and all these things like that. I see dogma. That, that's that's what I see dogma in these particular because it's it, it these organized religions to me whether it be Islam Christianity whatever it is affords you the ability to be able to blame something outside of yourself 
whether it be Satan, the devil, whatever you choose to call that energy, these these system these religions afford you a bit the ability to to blame something else outside yourself and then you have these people that come into the atrs and the coming out of the church or islam or whatever and still bring that dogma into the system where there are actually people like one of the image of uh uh what we would call su or some people call alegba uh is uh, uh, SU standing a statue of a man standing there with his penis in his hand and there are people that actually think when they get to a crossroads it's a little man standing at the corner with his penis in his hand ready to trick you and so it that, that crossroads represents your choices and decisions but religion when you start making it religion you get into being able to blame someone else for the choice that you made you know you weren't supposed to talk to that sister out the gate you know that dude wasn't nothing but you still did it anyway because it felt good in the moment but that's about your choices and decisions so in islam that's all the dogma of you got to pray seven times a day uh, uh, this is five. I can't even remember now. But I, the, at this particular time, you pray at this time and this, that, and the other, and da da da. And on these days, uh, you say that you're fasting. There's uh, what is the old Agunda Bede, where it speaks of the Muslims say they are fasting for God. No, they're fasting for themselves because they want redemption or, or, or whatever they're looking for. But it's all dogma. You do this at this time on this day and da 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 da. Instead of trusting that spirit in you that says, you know what? Today I need to wake up and pray at sundown. I mean, uh, at uh, sunrise. Or I need to pray in the afternoon. Or today might not be a good day for prayer because. Mercury is in retrograde and under being in tune with the universe and how energies are working. All these things come into play. So you may be calling on something at a particular time that it may not be the best time to do that. So and, and I, I, I really can't see any fit, uh, anything that resonates with me about Islam and and and, and running parallel with uh, Ifa, except for that dogmatic side that people tend to bring into these ATRs. And once again, there may be a Muslim up here that can say, no, it's like this, it's like that. I can honestly say, I don't know. But from what I've seen, okay. yeah. All right, interesting. We have a quick question. Uh, I'll bring this up. Didn't Ramadan begin a few days ago? Uh, I, I, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure um, <laughs> so I think it did I think it did uh, Peace to those who celebrate Islam um, And peace to those who You know my Christian fam And my Moorish fam My Inuit fam My Hindu my, my everybody Whatever you celebrate we celebrate you So Ashe Question so now let's get to the meat and potatoes You gave us a little information on E5 And at the end we're going to talk about OIDSI I'm concerned about finding things that are going to bring solutions to the problems that we face. So let's go through some, you know, we talked about domestic violence. Does the study and practice of EFA will that allow us to better get a handle on poverty? And we'll talk about it here in the United States for those of us who are uh, people of African descent. Will EFA help us to end poverty? 
Help us to end poverty. Uh, so, if you go with the, the understanding that for this energy that we've labeled as God or whatever, uh, to know itself in its totality, everything has to exist because everything is the same thing with its opposite. Just like up and down are the same thing on the same spectrum, just at opposite ends of that spectrum, good and bad. So someone has to be rich. Someone has to be poor. So it has to exist in some way, form or fashion so that this energy we've labeled as God or the Dumare, whatever, can know itself in its totality. And that's why we exist in this physical form. Um, now, can he help somebody that's having problems with poverty and it's part of their destiny uh, not to be impoverished? Yes. But that would be through uh, uh, understanding why are you in the situation you're in? Are you someone who's highly intelligent and should have been a doctor and you dropped out of school? Are you not calling on the proper energies? Are you aligning yourself with people or, or things that are, are robbing you of your energy to manifest uh, wealth and things of that nature? But in Ifa, we have, uh, you know, we uh, try to have gentle character or Iwapwele as we would call it so you know that concept in itself you should be able to help someone else I couldn't be I couldn't be Bill Gates with billions of dollars or Warren Buffett with these billions of dollars and see somebody starve I, I, I could I, it, I, my, my, my spirit wouldn't allow me to do that so and I don't know if that's something that's inherent in me or something that comes from me far but the people I have met in Ifa are genuinely good people that try to help people when they can, whether it be through uh, knowledge base, teaching you how to do something new so that, what do you say, uh, teach someone to fish, they can eat forever, as opposed to giving them the fish, if it's that, or through, hey, there's a, a, a little ritual we can do to call on the energy of wealth to come find you. Because you never thought about calling on this energy of uh, prosperity, so you know not to say, and 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 you now you have these uh, what do you call it the, the the new churches with the the, the prosperity gospel, prosperity gospel, oh. but however you choose to look at it or see it, it's still in an energy, just like there's depression is an energy. Uh, poverty is an energy and sometimes you can call this energy to you when you're not supposed to so there are ways within the system to shift and move that energy for you if you are uh, willing to do that or uh, uh, willing to make the sacrifice and sometimes a sacrifice may be you may have to talk to somebody you may not want to talk to you may have to ask for some help, set your pride aside to ask for some help from a relative that you don't get along with, you know? So sometimes you have to make a sacrifice to get out of that place. But to say to end poverty, no, because everything has to exist. It's like you tell uh, for, for God to know itself because uh, until we exist, God only knows things some things in theory 
It's just like you tell a child, hey, don't touch. You tell a baby, don't touch the stove. The stove is hot. How does a baby know what hot is until it experiences it? So we are here for the experience so that this energy can know everything. If that makes sense. Well, that does make sense. Uh, And as the child who touched the stove, uh, I should (laughs) have (laughs) listened. I should have listened. Brother Awo, uh, as you know, I'm always looking for solutions to problems. I'm looking to find ways that we can prevent some of the problematic things that our community is facing worldwide. Um, So we talked about poverty. We talked about abuse. (sighs) One of the things that really disturbs me outside of the uh, poverty, outside of the abuse, is that we seem subjugated still to authority systems. And we have a lot of police abuse. Not It's not happening every day all the time, of course, but we have more than is needed. Is there anything in EFI or any of the other ATRs that would help our experience with the challenges that we're having with the authority system that's not set up for us? Yeah, most definitely. That's also a multifaceted question. Um, usually, and I've had many experiences with Baba sitting down on the mat where Ifa will give you a forecast about some things that are coming. And as he was saying before, the issue energy, decision making. Um, are you going to make the decision to do what you know is in your highest self? Is is in line with your best self? Your highest destiny? Are you going to Are you going to take the road that you know might be easier? but may not be the best decision at that given point. Um, the biggest thing that I see with EFI and Orisha when it comes to the infrastructure that we're dealing with now is um, building a system of accountability to ourselves. So within the tradition, within this culture, you have accountability to your elders, you have accountability to your priests. So a lot of times when you have these different experiences, these different situations that's going on within your home, with going on between your friends and your communities, before it escalates to a certain point, you can go to your priest. Now, when it comes to dealing one-on-one with these institutions that we have these negative experiences with, you can shift energy. Just like Baba said, you can change things, you can move things around. There are very few things that you can't, you know, you can't shift around you. So the thing is getting involved with these traditions, connecting with these priests and moving these energies and shifting them around in your benefit. Um, when it comes to some things, you know, you can't help some things, you know, are in people's and people's destiny. They chose to come in and experience certain things for other things. You can shift energies. You can change things around. You can save some things, but it takes that engagement. With, with the tradition itself. So I believe that Ifa, as well as other African traditional uh, spiritual traditions can improve our situations where we are, but it's not it's not magic, it's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to work by waving a wand. It takes work, it takes uh, self-discipline, and it takes dedication to shift these things around you. Because you can shift the energy I'm not going to have a work. So I'm not going to have a fix-it Ifa experience. No, it's not easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ifa is not a stroll down the Mississippi on a steamboat. It takes work, and it starts with self. If you can change those things that you're dealing with in yourself, you can shift the energy around you. So a lot of times, you know, a lot of people try to externalize a lot of these issues and things that are going on around us. But that's why I like sitting and talking about Ifa Leye. He have a way of making you look 
that the internal causes for the situation that you find yourself in. So I believe we can shift our our environment if we make changes within ourselves. And it might not be easy. You know, sometimes it takes a while to to self-investigate and analyze these things and figure out why we're doing the things that we do and the things that we can't help shift the energy to, to work against that. But it, it takes it takes starting at home. And we can shift these things around us. We can shift these institutions, but it's going to take work. And I believe that spirituality is only one step in the right direction. It's going to take unification and building our communities to do that. But I do believe that EFI can be an integral part in that process. Okay, okay. Uh, I've heard repeatedly doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. And uh, Baba, we have a picture here with you in front of, uh, it looks like, some some containers and some bowls and it looks like you're doing some type of work can you give us an idea of what's happening in this visual uh yeah uh, this was a day where uh to my left what i see is a, a, like a terracotta tray with a stone on it this is an implement uh we call su this is uh for lack of a better term, it's icon. Because uh, we as humans sometimes need a focal point. So that is a focal point for us to call on that energy of issue. The white containers house what we call ikin, a palm for uh, palm nuts that have four eyes in them that come from a sacred tree, palm tree, uh, which 16 of them, which represent ifa. Um, these were the Ikeem that were used to call down this person's Odu or their pattern or some people would call it um, their destiny. Um, so on this day, we're feeding these implements. Um, and the reason why we're feeding it is not like they're actually eating it. Uh, we're giving it's like in, everything is energy and your intent. So you give these things so that you can um, so to, to call on that energy and to appease that energy and to strengthen that energy and uh, strengthen your connection with that energy. Um, one of the ears I just uh, John I just saw something that she put up there that sometimes and, and I'm glad she said this some things are karmic. People have or as the Bible would say you reap what you sow uh, so you may not pay for something in this lifetime, you'll pay for it in another lifetime. So I, I saw another EO who said that we're not meant to be in poverty, but maybe you were because of something you did in another lifetime. So if you know how they say the last shall be first and the first shall be last, the pendulum swings to the left, eventually it swings to the right. If we were first, the, the people of African African, if we were first and everything came from us and we ruled everything and you deal with the laws of uh, uh, you deal with 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 the karmic law, you know, uh, how bad must we have been in the beginning to have to suffer through what the black man, the African has suffered those in the diaspora being enslaved? Does anybody ever think of that? If we were the ones that were the first, then is this not our karmic debt being paid? Is this possibly our karmic debt being paid back? We were the motherfuckers in the beginning. Excuse my language. And now well, we have to pay that so debt back. 
feel free to be uh, you. Okay. <laughs> we were the ones in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Because this 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 little white dude comes into the plant, come comes out on the planet with nothing, and now runs us and rules us. And it is through some of our dogmatic practices of, oh, this is a chief, this is their bloodline, so they get to decide what we do and how we do it. And then, you know, I, I've seen in in the um, uh, in, in the dungeons in Ghana where. Uh, um, uh, one of the chiefs traded some Africans for a freaking umbrella. You see what I'm saying? So some of this is our karma that's being played out. But what's going on with uh, in this country with you know the, the, they killing us in the street? Uh, they've been doing that. They they've been doing that since they brought us here. It's just now it's becoming more prevalent because of social media and different things like that. But eventually, we need to get to a point outside of uh, spirituality works in with, okay, let's make some offerings, call on some warriors. Because if you check up the history of of Haiti, uh, you'll know that there was a ritual that was done before they defeated the French. To call on these energies, these warrior energies. And I just had a, uh, a conversation with Awo uh, talking about the Congo spirits that were warrior spirits that uh, in in that system that can be used to fight, defeat, uh, raise up energy inside of us. So there's a spiritual side that can be used definitely offering wise. But there's also another side where at some point we have to say, come in here one more time. I'm going to whoop your ass. Come, come in here crazy. We all going to get you. Because you know what I'm saying, but nobody, a lot of people are not willing to sacrifice, uh, whether it be physically, uh, spiritually, emotionally. Because, you know, there was a time when I was in corporate America, I was, as a supervisor, I was I was scared to lose my benefits, my job, anything, to speak up for myself. And sometimes there's a sacrifice that needs to be made for those things to happen. So these systems can be used energetically to put a force behind you to help you get through certain things to, 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 to give you the strategy that you need. But first you have to make the decision that, you know what, enough is enough. I'm, uh, it's time to bust some ass. But in me, energy wise, I tell people all the time, like, why don't you have a gun anymore? And I tell them I don't have those kind of problems. Why you leave your door unlocked? I don't have those kind of problems because I don't call on those energy. I don't get pulled over by the police. And some people will say, well, you're living in a fantasy world. This could happen to anybody. Da, 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 da. It doesn't happen to me because I understand that everything is energy. Are your choices and decisions? Why are you playing your music loud? You know they're looking to get at you anyway. So I don't put myself in situations when I know when something says, Mike, don't do that. Or Mike, why are you here? And a lot of this is coming from uh, a, a can be a family dynamic as well where maybe the parents aren't there to be able to 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 teach their children particular things we 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 some of us are out here swinging in the wind right now with with the choices and decisions that we're making interesting you you talked about that voice in your head uh you know in my uh christian upbringing we call that the uh, the holy spirit speaking to us um 
I've actually started hearing those voices and can actually name uh, the person who was passed on and trans transitioned into the ancestral realm. That's one of the reasons my father and I had some really interesting conversations before he became an ancestor. Um, those voices in your head, is there a particular term in the Ifa tradition and some of the other ATR traditions that describe that experience that people have? Uh... I can honestly say that I don't know if there's a particular term that is used okay. for that. If, if there's a particular term for that, uh, sometimes a voice in your head is you. It could be your Ori speaking to you, your higher self that is speaking to you, or it could be your ancestors speaking to you. Um, you know, you, you, we exist here physically, but the spiritual side of us, that side that wants us to succeed and prosper, is is some is everywhere, nowhere at the same time, guiding us and protecting us along with our ancestors. So you have people who get into the, uh, you know, uh, the Orisha veneration, but in Ifa we understand nothing place without our ancestors and our Ori saying that this is okay for this to happen. So the the Orisha energies are are forces of nature, uh, energies that can be called upon to be used as a tool in a given moment. But even if you use that tool, if your ancestors or your Ori does not give permission for this thing to happen, it will not happen. Intriguing, intriguing, intriguing. So that was just out of my curiosity. So we've dealt with, you know, problems with the system <laughs> we dealt with poverty we dealt with you know domestic violence you know we have some other problems that are in our community but I, I kind of wonder you know and you being you and you sharing honestly how you think and feel there were some profane words that you used so I, I guess growing up in the Abrahamic traditions and the church I would look at that and say that that's not of God and, but it, but you're a priest. So didn't help Jesus me turn over the money, change the table? Oh. Didn't, didn't he flip over the table? Did we forget that? Did we forget that? <laughs> no, brother, go ahead. <laughs> and to be honest, that's my that's my favorite depiction of Yeshua. Flipping over the table. That's that's my favorite depiction of Yeshua. Um <laughs> I mean, sometimes, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm a priest. Uh, all that means to me is that I have a connection, a, a, a spiritual contract with a particular energy and with these particular energies that I can call on on behalf of myself and on behalf of others. Does this mean that people look at the the, the, the priest, it's, Home, you know, a holier than thou, this, that, and the other. That's not where I come from. <laughs> that's 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 not where I come from. Sometimes you have to, you may have to go there with somebody. Do I try? The thing with being a priest is we try to stay in the middle. And so, because if you're sitting in the middle of something, you can see both ends evenly. So if I'm to one end, I can't. I may not be able to see the other side too well. So if I stay in the middle, a lot of times I can't, uh, 
if I stay in the middle, I may not go there, you know, every day, but I'm still a human. I'm, I'm, I'm still me that still has, uh, you know, baggage that I carry from growing up and from experiences that I've had where I get at you if I have to. <laughs> and so I try not to go there. <laughs> so that's why I say a lot of times I don't have those kind of problems because I don't want to go there anymore. Even uh, when I first got back from Africa, uh, after initiation, I was I found myself fighting in the street with my brother-in-law. And I called Baba Femi, my Lua, and I was like, yo, man, I thought I left this bullshit in Africa. And he was like, apparently you didn't. And then I had to sit back and look. I know me and this dude always get into it. And it's a cookout. People gonna be drinking. Of course, it's gonna end in a fight. It's happened before. So why would I think it was gonna be anything else different? Okay. So well, that is what time. priest is staying in the middle and, and making better choices and decisions, trying to at least. I say, let's wrap up. So we're gonna start with you, Howell. And yes, just tell me how your life has become better. Because once again, I'm looking for solutions to problems. And I know that I've seen people become involved in Islam and be better versions of themselves. I've seen people become involved in the church and um, get involved with, um, you know, a lot of other different paths and become better versions of themselves. One of the things that I kept hearing as you were describing things is this path of Ifa, this way of Ifa, allows you to become a better version of whatever you can be. So yes. starting off with Awo, tell me how you become a better person because of your walk with Ifa. Um, many different ways. The way that comes to mind first for me is self-accountability. Um, sitting with Baba Ifaleye, he has the tendency to get you to look at yourself and the choices and the decisions that you made to get you to the place where you are now. So not, you know, talking down or bad about Abrahamic traditions or whatever, but my experience growing up in church, it was always an external factor. Oh, the devil is a liar or God is testing me or this when I know I, I shouldn't have been out there stealing out a blockbuster video anyway. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So I think um, the Orisha tradition has taught me to focus more on my own issues and self-development and becoming a whole person within myself. Um, there are many ways that, that it has helped me, but that is the way that I think helps me the most. It, it helps me to understand myself in a more profound way. When you look at these Orisha that people talk about, not only do they represent forces of nature, they're ener energetic primordial forces, they're also aspects of yourself. So once you get to learn your Orisha more in a more in-depth manner, you can use that as a mirror to reflect upon yourself. You understand the way you move. You understand the flows and the ebbs that you have. So it, so it turns into a um, uh, 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 lifelong walk of internal development. And it can manifest in many different ways. It manifests in uh, addressing the things that you refuse to address in your childhood. Just like Baba said, uh, handling those childhood traumas going to therapy it can manifest in different ways but self-help self-healing is what comes to mind the most when i when i think about the development that my life have made since uh my introduction into ifa and my orisha ashe ashe that's in intriguing to me i i kind of relate that to some of my 
father's sermons when he would say Christmas is about Christ, but it's always also, I'm sorry, he would say Christmas is about Christ, but it's also about you. Mm-hmm. He would say Easter is about Christ, but it's also about you. And That's he would say, true. Think, yeah, you know, so, you know, particularly Easter, he would say every Easter, there's something about you that's dying and it will be reborn in a more glorious form if you walk the righteous road. Yes, the esoteric meaning behind those, even though they may be pagan, <laughs> I mean, practicing the church, but still the esoteric means behind them. But you realize how important self-work is, self-work and development. And that has been my experience. You know, all the juju and the magic and all of that stuff is okay. But I, I would prefer to work on myself, you know, uh, focus on healing. And that's why I love OIDSI. OIDSI is the only Orisha EFA organization that I have come into that I have known to have a healing institution, some constitution. Some may have more, there may be more, but um, that's one of the main things that attracted me to OIDSI. So it's been a, a journey of self healing. Interesting, interesting. I well, we truly appreciate you being on Code on the Fly Guys show. And now we're going to let Baba have the last word. So, Baba, you know, tell us a little bit about how you've become a better person. Um, how have you become a better person with your walk in Ifa? Well, you know, uh, and that's not to knock what anybody else is doing, whether you be Christian, uh, Muslim, Buddhist, or whatever, because, you know, I, I know some straight killers that I'm thankful they found white Jesus because it'd be some more dead brothers in the street if this <laughs> if this dude hadn't found a church, good gracious but you know I, I can honestly say having been in, in different bands and, and hustling here and there that I have done some things that I can look back now and say I wasn't proud of that I'm not proud of. Would I change the experience? Nah, because it makes me who I am now. But Ifa has has caused me to shine a light on myself to say, you made that choice. You chose to, to scatter your family. You chose to do the things that you did. No one made you do it. It wasn't no devil. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It wasn't anything outside of yourself, but it was your choices and decisions. So Ifa has, uh, being in, within this system in OIDSI, uh, with, when, when you heard the Awo spoke of the healing constitution that OIDSI has, it's, it's more about not, not a, 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 well, it can turn into a physical healing, but it's more of the emotional healing. Because what happens is when you hold on to these emotional things, they have a tendency to turn into physical ailments. Um, so with me, it's more about responsibility, taking responsibility for the things that I've done uh, and being able to 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 every day give myself credit for, OK, you didn't run out the street and mess with that raggedy thing that you know you like. So it, it just helps <laughs> me to make better choices and decisions because we all have we all have things from our past that. With that or that little person inside of us that says, you know you want that piece of cake. You know you shouldn't have that piece of cake, but you know you want that piece of cake. So it's Oh, just you were talking me. about cake. I just use cake. In this instance. 
I just use cake in this instance. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but it just it, it, it's helped me. It's really helped me find a, a a place in the middle where I can make better choices and decisions based upon going forward as opposed to going backwards and understanding some things. I was I came into this world with whether it be a karmic debt or just something uh, a debt of my bloodline. That's something something like you'll find some families where abuse runs rampant in their bloodline, going back generations. And so that's the energy that has to be shifted and moved out of your bloodline. So some of us are actually here to make a sacrifice so that that abuse those things, those negative things stop from from here going forward to bring a healing to our bloodlines. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that my ancestors sent me back to do the work that I've been doing uh, to give me the knowledge that I have, the little that I have. And a lot of it is is just stuff that comes to me and how I feel. But I'm so thankful that I went to see this dude at the time that said, call him Brother Steve. And he was talking to me because he's one of the things he said was, unfortunately, we are the descendants of slaves. We have earned the right to ask a question. And if your question cannot be answered, you may be in the wrong place. So I was always one to ask questions. And I just asked a bunch of questions and the answers that I got back, whether it be from him whether it be from other priests, whether it be from my ancestors revealing something to me in a dream, Ifa made sense to me and it resonated with me. And I can honestly say I'm a better person. As my children say, I can still be, a, well, they don't say it out loud, but I can hear them in their head saying, you can be an asshole sometimes, Dad. But I'm, I'm a better asshole. I'm, I'm, I've gotten better. And I can honestly say it is because of my coming to Ifa. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, <laughs> intriguing. So, you've been participating with the Fly Show, Get On Code. We deal with things that will help our collective situation. So, I'm, I'm really thankful to the Almighty that um, Baba and I were led to Ifa and are better buttholes <laughs> as he says or better people or better everything better spirits having a physical experience you know whatever term you want to use uh, <laughs> yeah that's a little better way of putting it right <laughs> so, the whole thing for the get on code the fly guy show is to get us on code and the code is empowerment so I'm asking us to take a really good question with ourselves and find out how we can better use our resources so we can be empowered. You know, so how can we use our spiritual resources, our political resources? How can we use our resources, our financial resources? You know, we need to start asking questions like the Bible talked about. We need to ask those people who represent us questions to make sure that their agenda is our agenda. And if their agenda is not our agenda, we might say, hey, God bless you, but we can't support you no more until you get on code. Until you do the things that we need you to do, politicians, we just can't support you. And if you are going to be on code, 
we will support you, but we will only be supportive of those who are on code. We will only spend our financial resources with those who would employ our children, who will give our community something back, who have our best interests at hand. We're only going to give our spiritual and our attention resources the things that will make us better people. That's the empowerment agenda. So get on code. Get on code. Ashe, get on code. Ashe yo, I guess. Ashe yo. <laughs> stay fly. Stay All right. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay conscious. Stay fly. Hey.